Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. And I just want to say, I just took a vacation. We rented a nice bed and breakfast up in Innsmouth. And it was actually kind of nice, except for the, the weird looks and the, the, the seafood smell everywhere. Yes, but where else can you get uh, frog's legs of that size? Good portions. Mm. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things you don't want to try in that small town. <laughs> Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, and this week we are talking about strange towns. Towns that you go and visit and you automatically know something's off. Towns like Night Vale, Eureka, Innsmouth, Twin Peaks. We can list dozens of them. and But we want to talk about them and all the fun adventures you can have in them and also how you might want to develop them as a as a game master in your game if they have any kind of natural cave system and mammoth caves in kentucky still has a lot of tunnels in it that have not been explored yeah that that system is huge yeah yeah and you know like they I mean, they literally at one point they saw a little crack or something, and they decided to open it up, and they found a whole another section. There were there were two there were actually two mines, I mean I mean sorry two cave systems. They thought until they found that they connected. <laughs> at which point they got into a big legal fight because one person said, "Well, no, that's that's my cave system. You you you're 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 you know, you're, you're poaching on me." And the guy's like, "Is what's under the." It's under the land I own, you know, but in an, yeah, or it's not under the land I own. I just simply have rights to the minerals underneath, and so it got to a big legal thing, and finally, it's like you, you got caves. Quit being a cave size queen. This is one of the reasons why they turned the they turned the whole thing into a national, a state, a state or national park, because they basically said, okay, this is as far out as we think it goes. Everything inside that all belongs to the the park. So it got rid of all those problems, and people got a paycheck, and everybody well, yeah. everybody ends up happy. Okay, so um, so natural cave systems are always a big you know a big red flag because anything could be living in them. You could have a lot of crypto uh, cryptozoological things in those kinds of things, you know, especially if they're like you know snakes or other things like that that they can come out of very small openings uh, and. Uh, so they literally could hide in there for hundreds, if not thousands, of years, and just come out in the dark and do whatever. Okay. We don't. We don't go in them caves, stranger. That's where the hairy man lives. The hairy man lives. Big, tall, hairy man. He'll eat your children if you let him. Yeah, we're not talking about Injun Joe from, Tom, you know, from uh, <laughs> Tom Sawyer. I, I was I always felt bad for Injun Joe at the end because he was he was eating bats and and eating candles for the you know the hoping that he'd get some new some nutrition from the wax because you know they're made out of fat tallow 
you know, so. Ah. But he was trying to kill people. He had killed people. So ultimately I had to say, well, he just got what he deserved. Sad that he had to die so horribly. So uh, there are rivers that actually have rivers beneath them that are closed off. It's like a cave system, but they're, they're completely filled with water. And things could be in those rivers and they could travel great distances from one opening to another and no one on the surface would know that they were doing it. If you were like fish people, ah, you know, you, you come up and you're like, you know, another county away and people, and you're causing all kinds of trouble over there. And, and you come back and go all the way back to where, you know, your, your home is, which could be really far away, especially useful. If, if you got like cave, I'm sorry, fishmen who, who need human women <laughs> to, uh, to to procreate with so you know you know a, a different kind of shadow over Innsmouth. it's more like uh uh you know the wa water aquatics under Innsmouth. <laughs> then um okay uh and then of course because bad things happen you know earthquakes fires things like that and afterwards things people build over it sometimes towns have underground sections that have been abandoned, okay, because they're, quote, unsafe, but they might stretch the entire length of the town or even more. And you may find that out by looking at old maps, looking at old uh, layouts of, of, of roads and where build, you know, foundations are, and you find a, a foundation actually goes down to a, uh, a half-buried door. You open it up and there's, you know, a blast of fetid uh, cold air comes out at you and you can see that it goes continues who knows where you know since you wanted to talk about stranger things there could be research labs for animals or plants or other <laughs> fill in the blank well, you know. i think in that one they in stranger things i think they outright call it an energy research lab you know we're just researching energy we're just not saying exactly what kind of energy but yeah, we, we we research stuff for energy reasons. Yeah, it's 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 sticky energy <laughs> from my mind. I mean, not, not I mean from the air. What's our excuse again? Generators, you know that thing. Sure, generators. That's the what they're called. Wink. Yeah. 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 One of the best moments in the Lost in Space one with. Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman, you're right. Where Penny runs up and says, you've got to help us. You're a doctor. And he goes, yes, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I can help. We're all here watching going, oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> because to, to her, to Penny, it's like, oh, good, good. You know, Dr. Smith is going to come help. And we're all going, no, run, Penny, run. No, no, you gotta say it right. Never fear, Smith is here. Yeah. Well, that's from that's from the television <laughs> show. Oh yeah, he was way more um, uh, upfront about it in the movie. You know, at at one point, you know, where he's trying to save Judy, you know, he looks over at Maureen and says, "Do not think for a second, you know, that I'm the way I am out of a failure of character. This is a philosophical choice." Oh, no, Gary Oldman as Smith, I, I just never saw that coming. I saw that movie, I was like, oh, 
wow. Just because we were all raised with that old, yeah, but just, oh, yeah. Yes, my back, my back. <laughs> yes, okay. So, uh, all right, so we have research labs, you know, and, and like I say, you, and it's especially good if there's a big juxtaposition. You have this small, sleepy town, and right outside the town, you have this very up, you know, uh, this, this walled or, you know, electric fence around this, this research lab that nobody talks about, you know. And if anyone does talk about it, they say, is it, you like that, that nice street without any potholes? Well, they paid for that, so just mind your manners, you know, kind of thing. Uh, where people literally are letting bad things happen because they, they've been promised that their lives are going to get better because of it. There are, uh, I don't want to use the word abandoned, but certainly shut down uranium enrichment facilities uh, in the West, especially. Uh, and because they've, they've, a couple reasons. One is because we don't, you know, we, we've reduced the amount of nuclear weapons that we yeah. have in our arsenal. Therefore, we don't have to re-enrich the, uh, uh, the uranium as much, you know, because every so often you have to break that all up and run it through the enricher again and get the, you know, concentrate the good stuff. Okay. Yep. And, and secondly, they have better versions of them. So some of the really big monstrous ones that they had originally, you know, are, are now replaced. So you have these, but they're all contaminated, of course, with, with, with radioactive material. So they just basically shut the things down, put, you know, put fences around them, possibly postcards, probably not do a very good job, okay? And, of course, all the local kids, you know, go running into the fields surrounding the place because yeah, right, right, it's yeah. a great place, you know, and all, all the weird flowers that are growing there and stuff, you know? You know, the, the the uranium gets, you know, the, the, the ceilings leak, you know, rain gets down, you know, washes, you know, uh, uranium into the groundwater, you know, plants, you know. Maybe it's it's concentrated into that area and doesn't get into the town proper, but still weird things are happening. You got start having, you know, uh, bears with three eyes and other types of things going on. Mass mines beginning to develop. Yeah, things like that. That kind of goes what I mentioned before, the the, the hordes or uh, packs of animals that seem to be very well coordinated. Yeah. 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 Right. So that's that's another one, uranium enrichment facilities, because it's, you know, it's got the natural um, radioactivity. Okay. Natural crystal formations or deposits. Now, in the Skype chat, I put there for you too. Up here in the Detroit area, and this would count, we have a salt mine that runs miles under, you know, that you know that area that Steve Perry talked about in the song that doesn't exist. It's Allen Park, Melvindale, the south side of Detroit. And it's a massive salt mine. And it runs, it, as I said, it's about a third of a mile underground, and it runs for miles. That something like that in a town could just be all sorts of weirdness going on down there. And just, I, as I said, I gave them a map of it, it's in our Skype chat. And just, I had to research it for a previous campaign idea. And, you know, I've been here all my life and I'd heard about it, heard about it. And I finally found these maps. And I'm like, oh my God, these things run like 10, 15, 20 miles. Holy smokes. And just. Yeah, north of, north of Lincoln Park. Yeah, uh, Allen Park, Melvindale, 
little bit near Dearborn. Um, yeah, and that's all the area collectively known as Down River, which are all the bedroom communities south and southwest of Detroit. And just, oh no, we have the Morton Salt plant up, oh God, was it Marysville? Oh no, old girlfriend, uh, refer to our, our pets mini episode years ago. She lives up in that area. And there was a Morton Salt plant up in Marysville, Michigan. It's on like uh, St. Clair River. And it processes the salt from those salt mines. They just drive it north and it's where you all get your table salt today. But no, that would be another thing. Cities with natural crystal or mineral formations underground or whatnot. And yeah, let me see the other map here. Oh, what bigger than I thought. Okay. And the mine shaft is on the south side of Detroit going down in, you know, yeah, the, the, the south side of Detroit, off of 75 in Oakwood. Yeah, that would be stuff that, you know, I would know. Yeah. But no, natural deposits of minerals and crystals and just that could be something that would, you know, weird things could be there. You know, you could have, you know, what is that? You know, like the Star Trek, the one, the, the salt creatures, you know, something like that, where, you know, just lives off there and every so often it wants meat for the meal, you know. Yeah, you know, it needs uh, it needs some vitamins. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, a little bit of protein, you know, every so often. You know. Yeah, okay. a few prions, for, you know, plucked from a yeah, few yeah. neurofibers. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, as soon as I saw that, you were up back up on seven or eight, and all of a sudden I'm like, I got a map, I got a map, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Natural crystal formations or deposits. And of course, you know, I'm mostly familiar with the ones that are like in Arizona up there near um, Sedona, where they all of a sudden everybody, people went crazy over natural crystals up there. But, uh, and Richard, he had all these, uh, I don't know if they were salt or uh, I think they were quartz, these huge quartz crystals he turned into wands and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, my, da my daughter has one. Yeah. Oh, no. She, Rich, yeah. Oh, no. And I, I, uh, probably, yeah, I'd say maybe at least an inch long, maybe three quarters of an inch across, and he would just bind them up to these sticks and sell wands at cons. Yeah, as I said, he just handed Shelly one one year, and I'm like, looking at it, she's like, thank you. Yeah, did the same for Eric, yeah. <laughs> like all things, you know, when you take things like that away from uh, wherever source it is that they're from, and maybe either you may be changing the natural order, or maybe you're decreasing the... Uh, uh, the the preservative protective benefit that those crystals were providing against something that was you know you know in in the uh, you know it, you know underground that you know that maybe they actually surrounded something you know because uh, one of the things that people were saying to do with uh, nuclear waste was to put it in salt mines because they tend to be very structurally stable. That's a comforting thought, Bruce. Thanks a lot. Yeah, just I've only been living here all my life. Thank you. Yeah. Well, generally speaking, the mines that they're talking about are not in urban areas. So we're talking about like Yucca Flats. Yeah, but, but still, it's like, oh, no, Allen Park and Melvindale. Oh, no, Lincoln Park. My family's from there. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, have, have you ever watched the movie Chud? I've heard about it. I might have seen clips of it ages ago, but that, that, that Chud came out, what, the 80s? Yeah, I think it was in high school in that movie. 
Remember seeing clips? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, 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 yeah. Well, at one point, you know, there's, there's, there's these two investigative reporters. One was like crazy. The other one was like legit. And they're trying to um, follow up on these these rumors and things like that. And apparently there's, uh, you know, this is one of those places where they have an enormous underground. And they go down there and there's this one city councilman uh, who is just tr trying so hard to keep them from finding out anything and stuff like that. So finally, they, they go down and they find this guy and he attacks them and he's all messed up. And the, the police show up and shoot him and stuff like that. And, 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 and the, the councilman shows up and he says, you kept asking about what a chud is, okay? This is a chud. Cannibalistic. Humanoid underground dweller. There's these people that, you know, are, are have taken PCP to the point that they're no longer human. And, and we're trying very hard to track them down and get rid of them or get them help. And you people, are you, you want to blow this story across the pages and, and basically, you know, cause a big fuss. And you're just going to end up getting them killed when we could be causing treatment, you know. And, and you're all bad people for doing that. And it's like, you know, very... <laughs> you know, how dare you? You know, you're investi investigative reporting, interfering kind of stuff. Okay, well, yeah. he says, it isn't very long after that before they start getting attacked by hordes of things that are definitely not really human. Okay, yeah. and finally, and they run in, and they run into this big, this big area filled with drums, and they have, and they have chud on them, and it says concentrated hazardous urban disposal, <laughs> and of uh. course they're dripping goo onto the ground and like that. So, and you got these pe these monsters that basically look like the. Uh, the slee stack from you know the uh, land of the lost, land of the lost. Yeah. yeah, and so it, 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 and and at the very end of the movie, you know they all basically you had this cop and these other people sitting around, you know, hearing about you know something happening somewhere, and then they turn around and the whole windows are covered with shud, you know the 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 the, the, the more aggressive ones who bust in and kill everybody, and that's the end of the movie. Anyways, so uh, toxic waste dumps. You know, uh, that's uh, that's always a, uh, and that's a secret, of course, that the entire town may be trying to hide because they're, you know, they don't want their property values to fall apart or they don't, right, or they don't yeah. want the government to come in and forcibly move them to another location because their land isn't fit to live on. You know, we've been living here for 300 years, you know, how dare you? And now I'm reminded of the frontiersmen in Blazing Saddles. Yep. Okay. Just, I was born here and I die here. Yeah. yeah. And I'll come back oh. to life here. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Keep on living here. Just like my grandpa. Yeah. There you go. Right, grandpa? <laughs> and he's there as a zombie. <laughs> See, that's grandpa. Yeah. Yep. 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 And of course. Say hi, grandpa. And if you've seen the movie The Stuff. You have this material that basically is the ultimate dessert topping that seems to be just coming out of the ground. No one knows what's producing it. It's just coming out of the ground until, of course, if you find out this basically a a a, a, a spoilers, folks. Uh, <laughs> it was a forty-year-old uh, uh, horror movie. It's basically like a uh, a mass mind creature. It's basically like a colony. Uh, organism it tastes delicious but once you swallow it it doesn't it doesn't break down it hollows you out and uses you as a meat puppet 
Oh. Now I'm really looking at the cake over on the table for wanting a slice later. Wow. Scrape that icing off a little bit. Yeah. Those are those toxic waste ups. I ain't even eating that pink stuff that Fur's mom makes anymore. You know, right. the marshmallow. I'm done with that. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I know so many people <laughs> who, who lived in certain sections of Pittsburgh. That's where I grew up. Who said, Yeah, over there. That was that was the playground we used to we used to go to until they found all that that it was over a toxic waste dump and they had to have the super fun come in and dig the entire place up and now there's just a big hole there. And this happened a lot and continues to happen a lot. Okay, especially uh, in areas that are considered where the less desirable people live. You know, historically, yeah, and yeah. by less desirable, we mean people of a who are not, you know, you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, yeah, yeah, or of a certain economic level, yeah. Those people got directed into those areas, even though they paid taxes and stuff. Their property wasn't worth as much, you know, so they didn't make as much profit, much taxes from their property to the, the federal government or state government or local government. And so very little stuff, stuff was done. And as a matter of fact, when someone would come in the area and say, hey, I'd like to like put a 50 foot tall mountain of used tires, you know, on this lot in the area and I'll pay you X amount of dollars for the privilege. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Until those things start breaking down. Yeah. And that's when the super and then the super fund comes in. And what do you think the super fund does? Super fund, wait a minute, super fund. Those are those are uh, uh, government money that's designed to come in and clean up really uh, bad uh, waste sites that are uh, more than the local government can handle. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Flint, Michigan. Okay, anyways, yeah. I'm sorry, I got to get that cough taken care of. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Good thing I got orange juice keeping my house. So where do you think all those tires went? They just went under the rug to the super, super secret toxic dump. No, they really didn't. They went a quarter of a mile to another empty lot. <sighs> I'm not kidding you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> This did this didn't happen, you know. It, this did not happen in Pittsburgh, but I'm sure that it could have. You know, they used the money for the super fund to pack them all onto big dump trucks or whatever, and they trucked them over to another location and filled uh, that was, you know, not next to the people's houses who were complaining, and just dumped them there. Didn't do anything more with them. They're still exposed to the air. They're still just laying there on 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 this on the soil, you know, just. By, they're still now. Now instead of it being fifty foot high, it's seventy foot high because, of course, you know they're 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 broken up more, so they're looser and whatever. Maybe they're smaller. Maybe that makes them smaller. I don't know. Point is, this happens a lot. Uh, so yeah, toxic waste ups. Uh, they you know either there's a financial uh, reason why the local government doesn't want you know you uh, you bringing this to light, you know, or it could be that this is actually, you know, it could be the government government, you know, trying to, you know, there's a war going on. We can't be, you know, you know, we, we need to do this kind of development, you know, or it, it could be the, a local industry literally supporting the entire town and they needed some place to dump their, 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 their waste. 
cheaply. And again, it, in the end, it would be probably due to either greed or politics, whether they're doing this. Right, you know. because, because there's only, a, you know, because all of them operate on a three-year timeline, you know, so as long as it's not going to be a problem for three years, it's good. Yeah. And then we move on to things that are more active, new stuff, you know, because a time might have been fine and everything, you know, and then somebody comes in and starts doing something major that changes the town or changes the environment, right? So uh, things like fracking sites. Um, okay. I'm still unfamiliar on what fracking is. I know it has something to do with pumping something and it brings something up, kind of like you were talking about pumping the oil up and all that. Right. Usually, Maybe define that for our listeners who may not know what fracking is. You have some kind of reservoir deep underground, and it's really hard to get that whatever's in it out. It could be natural gas, could be oil, could be something else, okay? And so what they do is they put explosives down in that area, and they blow it up. And that causes fractures all through the rocks, Okay, and so if there's natural gas, the natural gas starts flowing. If it's, you know, if it's oil, the, the explosion itself might be enough to, you know, um, to, to liquefy it and get it going. Or it just could be that, you, you know, you break the structure enough and the pressure of the rocks around them just kind of squeeze it out like out of, like, you know, like out of a toothpaste tube, okay? Ah. Uh. All right. The downside of these things is twofold. One is is that you know it has on a couple of occasions uh, caused an earthquake, which has done bad things to the town that was nearby. Yeah. The other thing is is that sometimes you know whatever they're doing then gets into the groundwater wa and, and 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 causes permanent okay. damage to the water. Okay. okay. So. Okay, I heard it was bad. Now I know why. Okay, yeah. See, the thing is that there's a right way and a wrong way of doing everything, you know, and it could have been, it could be done the right way, okay, safely and whatever. But the problem is, is that there's always a profit motive, which means yeah. is that we don't, you know, the safe way is less profitable. Yeah. So it, usually something always gets skipped. So we can do this unsafe version and get more. Right. If we're playing it safe, we won't get faster as much product. Yeah. yeah. Faster is yeah. usually more important than more. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, and if you have, like, you know, mole people <laughs> down there, they're going to yeah. declare war on the surface because, you know, you just set off a bomb in their suburb. Yeah. You know, and I always appreciated, you know, the Superman, uh, uh, George Reeves Superman episode with the mole men. It was actually a two-part episode where they, they literally come up what looks like an oil well. And, um, and they come up to the surface and they're doing all kinds of damage and stuff like that. Superman shows up ready to stop them. And I don't, at some point he, he figures out that these people are actually trying to defend themselves from people who are attack, literally attacking their, their, um, uh, their shores. And when he finally says, okay, fine, we, we will stop. You know, he basically back, has everyone back up and they literally demolish every, they just like like a laser beam or something comes up and just melts the the tower and the drilling rig and everything and it just melts all down and he says okay he says you know government leave this area alone <laughs> he says you you're you're not going to get any good resources out of this area you're going to get nothing but trouble so because they're Superman he they all said okay yeah yeah. 
Also, you can have a, a tr what I list as tremor sites. There are parts of the United States and other countries that are, are subject to frequent tremors. Usually it's no big deal. You know, it's just something that happens. You know, maybe there's an induction plane, you know, with uh, uh, not all the, you know, the, 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 the where the, the plates, the, the continental plates, they're not all in the ocean, though most of them are. So something like the San Andreas Fault in California. But that's also very close. But there are other places that are, that are kind of like that, you know, where there's a lot of... Tectonic activity. Yeah. Tectonic activity, okay. And if there is tectonic activity, you know, there could be a very natural reason for it, okay, or there could be a very unnatural reason for it. And, you know, and when, but if you go and you do things that, you know, that, that start, if you start drilling and fracking in an area that already has a lot of tremor activity, then you, you have plausible deniability now. Oh, there's an earthquake. Well, it was going to happen anyways. Oh, yeah. We found out that, you know, there was tectonic activity here. And it's like, well, then you're idiots for having drilled there. You should have researched before you did it. And they're like, I, 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 I No, I, they're I, saying, no, no, it had nothing to do with us. It just happened to be the bad luck that happened to us, us poor developers. While, you know, we, we're being blamed for something that was completely natural. Act of God is how they yeah. put it. You yeah. Go, he says, we, yeah, we went and, and tracked back to your newspapers, and every couple of years there's a, a, a enough of a tremor that, that a built, you know, like a wall cracks in town or something like that, and, and uh, sinkholes and everything else, you know. So, you know, that's been going on for probably hundreds of years. Uh, so don't be blaming us now just because, you know, we decided to uh, do some drilling. So, yeah. Now, my favorite is, uh, as far as really getting, getting nature to, get, to come against you, is if you decide to do strip mining. Because you're just tearing up the neighborhood when you do that. They literally just come in and scrape off. First of all, they scrape off all the vegetation and good topsoil off on top yeah. of the land. Okay? If you're lucky, they take that somewhere else. Because at some point, they're going to have to you know, put it back. Okay, then yeah. they start digging, okay, and they just, and this is really good for areas that have, like, coal seams that are narrow, they're not, they're not like hundreds or dozens and, and, and 20, 30 foot thick, they're only like maybe five foot thick, well, you don't, you know, you, it's, it, it's, you're not going to bring in a big drilling machine to go, especially, if, you know, to go and dig that out, okay, but you can come in and just start bringing your, you know, you're uh, exploding it and bringing all your big bucket trucks, you know, to go and just pull that all up there and send it off. You know, you just, uh, and you can literally, and they, they've literally demolished mountains. They, they, the mountains have disappeared in the Appalachia from this kind of activity. Okay, okay. Are these the mines also that are kind of like, they look like they're multi-layered? They, it, you could fit a round inverted tiered pyramid inside. Yeah, you're thinking about the copper mines. Yeah, because there's one I drive by it whenever I'm uh, out Ann Arbor area, 23 and M14, and it's got, you you can see it's like layers and it's almost like a concentric spiral going down and I'm yeah. seeing like dump trucks in there. Well, it could so, be. Yeah, okay. it definitely could, right. be. It, it could right. be. The All idea right. is, is that they're, they're, they're literally just, you know, removing ground in a large area because there are uh, you know there are minerals some, and uh, some uh, profitable resource yeah. right some profitable resource and it's it doesn't bear going like hundreds of feet underground and 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 digging the seam out from the bottom 
it's a lot easier to do it from the top. Okay, and of course, the downside is, is that that usually causes tremendous damage to the water and, you know, stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, the watershed and rivers. It's, yeah. A lot of silt comes off. A lot of, you know, minerals that are in those good minerals get out and, and poison fish and other things like that. Change yeah, the pH. Because that, yeah, yeah. That, that mine that I mentioned, Huron River ain't far from that. It, it, as I said, it's there on the north side of Ann Arbor. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's a bridge on M14 that crosses right over the Huron River, not even a mile or so from that. Oh, okay, yeah, ooh, yeah. Okay. Right, right. So anyways, but the point is, is that you're disrupting a very hundreds of square miles, maybe, okay, by doing that. If you have supernatural creatures that, you know, and, and you know, by whatever definition you want to make for supernatural in that yeah. area... Okay, they are going to be PO'd. They might yeah. like form ranks and you know and, and push back against those developers. Okay, well, there's a lot of weird things in Ann Arbor. I love you all, Ann Arbor. I'm not making jokes, but no, I could see where. Yeah, it just you're disrupting not only the natural balance, but let okay. Let me try to. Let's say that area might have had a ley line there, and you, we're going to put a mine here because we found out there's, you know, this, that, or the other. And you disrupt that ley line and all sorts of things go, you know, yeah, that just, yeah, just it, out there in the middle of nature, just in, yeah, you disrupt a ley line or a nexus or um, let's say they dig up something that was buried there. Oh, God. Like, like Stonehenge, what do they call those? Meniers, Meniers, or something of that nature. There was something of supernatural energy, not so much a god, but a force. Stellites, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, that, you know, I learned that term from uh, Torg. <laughs> oh, wow, there's Dialing the Wayback Machine there. I haven't heard of that game in a while, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they used them to uh, differentiate their various areas of control. So they, they were all from different dimensions, so different laws of reality operate within their area. And one of the things that you had to do as a storm knight was to go in and, and basically bust down those stellites, so that, you know, which would be, of course, very well protected uh, in order to cause the, the reality to collapse and the Earth reality to come back in. Ah, so, yeah. Yeah, so uh, which would give Earth an advantage in that area. You know, local towns benefit tremendously from these large-scale type mining operations. So they're, they're going to be protective of it. But if weird things are happening as a result of that, they're also going to be, you know, very, you know, they're going to act like nothing's happening. <laughs> he said, you know, maybe you might notice that, hey, there's no kids in this entire town. They've all been sent off to relatives because mom and dad have to keep the, keep the businesses going and such, and, you know, uh, but uh, they are afraid for the uh, for their children, especially if some of their children start coming home with you know big eyes and they all start looking at each other and and, and finishing each other's sentences and things like that. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to say when they'll come home with you know platinum blonde hair and yeah, they don't ever talk to each other. Yeah, all the women in town all get pregnant on the same night. What are the odds of that? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And and the nice thing about that the first movie version of that is the fact is that they've got this guy who's so mad at his wife, okay, for basically being unfaithful to him. Because he was like off at war or something like that. Um and 
and and the, and the guys that are there as you know as, as doctors and researchers says sir sir every woman in this town has gotten pregnant overnight your wife did nothing wrong okay do not blame her you know you need to support her <laughs> stuff like that and he's like oh oh okay well good I'm, uh, I feel bad now that I was yelling at her and such you know and, they're like, yeah, you should. <laughs> but I mean, most of the time, they just they 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 cover that all up, and, and everyone gets shamed like crazy, and nobody will talk about it except nine months later. Of course, there's a, like as you said, there's a whole school full of blonde haired blue eyed kids that that all seem to finish each other's sentences. Where you get that Lake Wabagan, and all the children are above average. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Now, one other possibility, which is really kind of fun. Uh, because you can do so many different things with it, is the fact is that there are towns that used to be mining towns. Okay, there are mines nearby, and the mines caught on fire, and they you know they, they either they closed them up, they they buried them, whatever, because they couldn't put the fire out. Yeah. And uh, and they're hoping that after a certain amount of time, the temperature you know in the in the coal seams or whatever are going to finally damp down enough that they'll put themselves out okay but it's going to take a long long time for that to happen you know uh but in the meantime you know those gases those you know from the combustion especially the in incomplete exhaust combustion are making their way to the surface through cracks and various things like that sometimes bubbling up you know into rivers you know and 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 tainting the water supply or just bubbling out and, and getting into the air so and they and and whatever minerals were mixed in with the coal where that's happening are also bubbling out so you know you're not just getting one kind of toxic gas you can have pockets of different kinds of toxic gases yeah. at, at relatively low grades okay all around the area, and sometimes you know the, the you know, because of a tremor or something like that, you know, uh, a, a new seam will, you know, a new crack will open up, and 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 maybe like a section of the town will suddenly be affected where before it was fine. So you, you all of a sudden people start acting wacky, you know, by whatever we were talking before, like red flags. People yeah. start acting very strange. They start having nightmares. They uh, uh, people suddenly start. You know, it, uh, and again, I'm going to make a call back to another to uh, another book, Stephen King's The Tommy Knockers. Ah, uh, yeah. Where uh, there was an alien spacecraft that was basically putting a harmonic in the air, and the closer you were to it, the more wacky you became. And people were literally physically changing. You know, their bodies were changing because of that. But, you know, so probably more likely is you're just getting sick. You know, or you're becoming, you know, having yeah. the effects of like lead poisoning or arsenic poisoning or who knows what, you know. You mentioned a town that had an underground mine fire and the most famous one that is around and uh, Centralia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was going to mention that was the yeah. town that was um, like inspiration for Silent Hill. Yeah, it's still yeah. burning. <laughs> it's still burning. Uh, yeah. I got uh, again. We're gonna do this, and I wish we could add reverb to it. The go went to the knowledge, the font of all knowledge and wisdom. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. 
we got to work on doing reverb for that. You got to put your hand reverb. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I did that, but I mean to put it for the recording later and make it, you know, sound really, you know. Um, coal seam fire has been burning in the labyrinth of abandoned coal mines under Centralia, Pennsylvania, since at least May 27, 1962. At its current rate, it could continue to burn for over 250 years. Uh, Centralia was mostly abandoned. There were 1,500 people at the the fire is believed to have started by 2017. It has a po- it had a population of five, and most of the buildings had been raised. But you're still going to get those people again. I was born here, and my family has been here for 150 years. I ain't leaving. Yeah, you know, that'd be another one. Right, or you have people that are trying who are doing illegal things, okay? And because that was something I didn't, we didn't mention is that you know one of the things that could be going on is is that they could be doing illegal things, like they could be like growing drugs, okay, crops of various kinds. You know, those people up in the hills who don't don't uh, like talking to anybody. Well, that's because they're growing marijuana or they're making meth or something like that. And they're supplying the tri-state area with it. You know, and nobody goes and messes with them because they get shot at. Or, yeah. in this year case, they go into the area, they get poisoned by the gas. And these people are all walking around, you know, with gas masks on as if, you know, they're, they're okay. And maybe they are. You know, now, how does that taint their marijuana and uh, and, and crack? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. May, it could possibly make it better. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, that could be going on. So this area, like you're mentioning, where all the buildings been raised or whatever, they, someone could go in there and try to take advantage of the fact that nobody's got any oversight on it, no one's around, and start growing stuff. Okay, wait a minute. I'm, I'm okay. The Centralia also extended between the town of Burnsville, a few miles of south, and had to be abandoned level. The Centralia ever is not, area is now grown to be a tourist attraction. Visitors would come to see the smoke and her steam on Centralia's empty streets, an abandoned portion of PA Route 61, properly referred to as the Graffiti Highway. No, find a new hobby, people. This is where the underground is burning. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of want to see that. There's always a chance when you go driving down that road, it just collapses under you. Yeah, well, I was looking at it, and it says it looks like the fire has moved out from under Centralia directly, so the town itself looks safe. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Here's your assignment, Jonathan, since you're running this. You can do a follow-up. Go to Centralia and interview the five people there. How y'all doing? Yeah. Actually, according to my my Google search results, it's four people live there now. Oh, so there was somebody either smart and got the heck out of there, or well, somebody died while we were yeah, doing right. this podcast. Yeah, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. Well, we no, talked. The, we talked about no, Centralia. That's what happens when you talk. No, about no, Centralia. the five was of 2017, so it was sometime in the past years. Someone either got out or died. Yeah. yeah. According to the according to this, the population in 2021 was four. Okay, so in four years' time, hey, somebody, somebody left they, or died. They, they, they embrace their inner theme song and, you know, I'll <clears throat> F this stuff, I'm out. Yeah. No, but as soon as you, I, I knew that there was a Pennsylvania coal mine fire when you printed. I'm like, okay, where was it? Oh, yeah, Centralia. Yeah. Just, I, I, I'm sorry. Just they're, 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 And then it's tainting the illegal stuff you're making. Yes, quite possibly. Because, you know, no, there isn't any FDA, you know, oversight of uh, illegal drugs. Yeah, they're the smart ones. They're not going anywhere near it. You know? Right, right. Yeah. 
And, and you know, they did come out, you know, uh, with a material that supposedly would make the, uh, like, marijuana or whatever, uh, you know, uh, toxic for people to smoke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they, they went over the border into Mexico and other places and sprayed it. Do you think that kept them from selling it? Of course not. If it's illegal... Yeah, <laughs> they wanted that new high. It's like, oh wow, I saw purple elephants instead of pink elephants. Yeah, roll up another. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a a best ratio of tainted marijuana to uh, to untainted marijuana that it still works and people don't get too sick from it. Yeah. So uh, and you can sell sell your entire crop. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Ninety two. Governor invoked eminent domain. All properties in borough. Legal effort had it reversed. By 2002, the U.S. Postal Service revoked their zip code. Wow, you got to really be messed up if you get your zip code taken away. Jeez, yeah. They, they worked their way down to so few people by that point. Yeah, right. It's like, we ain't we ain't delivering mail. We're just going to drop it off from an airplane, and you're on your own. Yeah. You know, and the weirdest thing about it is, is that probably the other areas around that were building up to the point where, you know, they basically didn't, they didn't get, they didn't, they didn't get rid of the zip code. They they assigned it to a different location. So now you know people. You know you're you're doing your research on the area, and here's the zip code, and you go try to find the the area, and you go to an entirely different area, look, doing your research, you know, doing your investigation, and only after things have happened do you suddenly realize that it was like another half a mile to the east is where the actual location was that you were supposed to be investigating. Meanwhile, how many people have you put under, you know, uh, you, you have you been hitting with cattle prods and putting under a true serum, right? Wow, this got dark quickly. Um, no, no, I'm sitting there. It's like, wait a minute. We got Centralia zip code. What do we do? What? Wait a minute. Hold it. And they're all of a sudden lying on the ground like, wait a minute. Hold it. What? I don't know. You mentioned it was a town called Burnsville. I mean, Burnsville, yeah, and that got raised to, and they had to abandon and level that town too. Was it named that before or after the fire? That's what I wanted. B y r n e s. Oh, okay, okay. Ironic then. Okay, ironic. All right, all right. Okay, so the one thing we actually have been dancing around this entire episode, and that is. The towns with the most UFO sightings since 2001. Maybe it's UFOs that are doing this. You know, like, you know, the Tommyknockers. The funny thing about going on the internet and looking this up is the towns that have the most UFO sightings since 2001 are all major, major cities, okay? Oh, yeah, no, they are. No, I see them. Denver, yeah. Houston, San Diego, Tucson, Los Angeles, Portland, you know, all the way up to the, to the big boy on the block, Phoenix, 929. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. Well, because they're big cities. Yeah, so they're, no, Phoenix. Being the one with the most UFO sightings. Yeah. Area 51, Tonopah test range. Well, it's nowhere yeah. near. <laughs> it's a lot closer than Chicago. Well, granted, too. granted. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's in the middle of a desert, sure. Yeah, I'll tell you that. No, no, my, my, okay, this would have been, uh, now my former stepbrother-in-law worked, he is an Air Force veteran, Joe Rockwell, worked at Tonopah test range. So I'm there at my dad's house, and it, it's, you know, where you're standing there, and you're just sort of rocking your hands back and forth, and it's that uncomfortable silence, and neither you want to say anything. 
And apparently my dad told him that I worked on Bureau 13 and Joe just turned. You know, I can't tell you anything. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes and then he, and then apparently the United States Air Force. And I do thank our tax dollars for funding the disinformation department of that particular branch of our military. He said, here's something, Robert. Yeah, in case, uh, you know, that's my Christian name. Um, you do realize that a 747 to a caveman would look how we would see a flying saucer. What if these aliens are just actually future evolved humans and that's their vehicle? And I'm just looking at them and inwardly I'm stroking my beard and just going, well played, sir, well played. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the most popular de um, uh, explanations. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. Uh, is that, yeah, you know, because stars are so far apart and traveling, you know, that it's, it's actually seems a lot more likely to some, to a lot of people that UFOs are actually crashed from the future. Yeah. Coming back into the past, perhaps trying to prevent some terrible catastrophe. You know, ergo movies, you know, shows like Travelers and uh, the movie oh, yeah, yeah. and the movie Millennium yeah. and so forth. Yeah. And let's not forget let's not forget about Terminator. <laughs> I have a friend. He is the godfather of my children. Okay. And he lives in a little town called Fife, Alabama. F Y F F E. Okay. Okay. Where it, they have a UFO festival every year. <laughs> because uh, during, I'm going to have to double check my, yeah. During uh, February of 1989, there was a slew of UFO uh, reports out of this town. Uh, and they all reported like seeing like, I think it was like three or five lights and like a triangle pattern flying overhead with almost no noise at night. And it was a big deal. And what was amusing was that as you get a little bit older and they reveal the existence of the stealth bomber and its shape, and you look at the map and you see that Fife is right on a, almost a direct line between Huntsville, Alabama and its air force base and Atlanta, Charleston, Okay, got it here. The town of Fife was the location of UFO sightings on Friday and Saturday, February 11th and 12th, 1989. More than 50 people at a time when the town was less than 2,000 residents. Called mm -hmm. the police farm record sightings on two separate occasions. as later mentioned by late comedian Bill Hicks on his album video, Relentless. And apparently they have an annual UFO festival and UFO mm -hmm. for unforgettable family outing every August and features hot air balloon rides available to the public musical entertainment and outdoor games. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. It kind of it kind of sounds to me, Jonathan, like how they built up and my dad and stepmom went there before they went to Vegas and he proposed to her at the the, the space needle there and yeah. But wait wait for the soft sell dad. Take take your prospective bride to the <laughs> tallest <laughs> building in a city and say, "Will you marry me?" But my dad still got the magnets and all the little kitschy, oh, the extraterrestrial highway and the little alien, alien, uh, all that. Yeah. So it sounds kind of like they marketed that and they're doing that. Well, it does, it, no, it, it does it, sound like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. The thing was that the, at the time of the, the sightings, you know, again, it was 1989, you know, they just see lights flying overhead. They don't know what it is, but then, you know, maybe a, when was the stealth bomber announced publicly? 
in that boomerang shape, it, it quickly became apparent, although I don't think anyone's oh, ever... Oh, the Delta Wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, I don't think it's ever been officially confirmed, but it, a lot of people realize, oh, wait, we're on a major flight path from one Air Force base to another. If this thing was getting test, test flown overhead at night, yeah, it probably would look like five yeah. lights in a triangle pattern. Yeah, yeah. Two things. One is, is that... You know, uh, Delta Wing uh, UFOs have been around since the 20s, 1920s. <laughs> so, you know, way before the stealth bomber. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm saying in this particular instance, though. One of the early Dick Tracy movies had a flying wing in it, you know, yeah. where it looked very much like that as well. You know, now that was actually Hollywood magic. It didn't, act, there wasn't actually a... A, a, a craft that that flew that, but you know they they used it in the movie. So I'm just saying the idea of, of this has been around a long time. And of course, you know, uh, what what was the big thing about it was the fact is that the uh, uh, the stealth bombers were in fact built to be to appear to be other craft, which is what made them stealth. But yeah, I, I fully believe that some of the sightings that occurred. Uh, were actually of the stealth bomber. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, but if you're going to do like UFOs, like real real UFOs, you know, in your stories or your adventures or whatever, then uh, I don't think it should be, unless you're really going to have them come in mass, like an armada and landing in some place like Phoenix or whatever, the most, you know, most of the time what it is is that you're going to have, as Jonathan mentioned, small towns, Okay, that have a few sightings, way more sightings than a small town should ever have. Okay, especially based on population. Yeah, it was like what fifty out of two thousand. Uh, I think it said yeah, less than two thousand. Yeah. Yeah, but still, that that is a big enough ratio to go. Okay, you know what? This isn't just a couple of guys out back with some, you know, some hooch and they saw it. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. You know. This isn't the bathtub gin talking. Right. Yeah. 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 Small towns, you know, that are out in the middle of nowhere shouldn't have any of these kinds of incidents. And if they do have them, then it's suspicious because, yep. you know, for that very reason. So, uh, you know, 50 is a lot. I mean, that was 50 people who saw it. It wasn't like 50 separate incidences. It was like, you know, over a two-night period, uh, like 50 people saw them. Okay. But, you know, if and I'm saying is that if you saw this, happening you know like over spread out over a 10-year period you saw two or three of these kinds of things i think that would be far more significant than the 929 that occurred in the last 20 years uh in phoenix okay yeah so where you have lots and lots of people who are observing stuff and it could be anything it could, it could be lots of planes it could be drones you know there's there's been cases it's, it's a known fact, by the way, that some of the appearances of, of UFOs in the Los Angeles area was by this one guy who kept making these luminous balloons out of basically paper mache and launching them from the hills and letting them float down into the, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the basin. And people looked up and they said, look at those things moving around so erratically, you know, and, and calling in UFO things. It's, there was people... Causing, I know it's hard to believe, but some people were actually engaging in fraudulent behavior. <laughs> so. I would never 
<laughs> you could actually have a town where this is actually happening, where there actually might be some alien incursions, stuff like that. But it doesn't mean there aren't people in town who are making absolute bald-faced lies trying to play it up more for their own personal benefit. Yeah, they might be hoping to come the next tourist stuff. Right. And you find you come in, you check them out, and you says, Oh, these guys are doing it. They're 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 you know, they're, this is all a scam and then but there's actually a real thing that's behind it. So, you know, that that can be fun to do too, where, you know, they uh uh you, you it's a lot you know, after you you've completely written it off, suddenly the GM throws in some evidence that makes you think, Well, wait a second. This has nothing to do with that. And it looks an awful lot like the same thing. Maybe we're leaving a bit too early. So, anyways. Um, all right. So, thanks, everyone, for uh, listening to us tonight. Uh, we hope that you will use this as inspiration to add weird small towns to your adventures, uh, whether it be a weird small town on an alien planet uh, where, you know, because if you go and drop colonies down on an alien planet, they, they could be separated by, for decades and strangeness can occur. Or, you know, uh, especially if you go backwards in time, you know, to the colonial days with the, where people really spread apart. And uh, we talked about that in our um, Colonial America Supernatural uh, Adventures on this podcast. Uh, but even into the, 19, the early 1900s, when industrialization was happening, they, they still hadn't finished the uh, uh, rural electrification project, and you know, there were still vast areas that didn't have electrical lighting. So lots of opportunities for you know, interesting things happening in small towns that may or may not need to be uncovered. Uh, but the point is that this is a way of adding a lot more flair and fun to your adventures, especially on the trip from one place to another. If you if your players aren't really trying their very best to get from one location to another, you know, uh, as fast as possible, then it might be a lot of fun to throw in this kind of side quest uh, that, you know, that could give them experience, could maybe uh, give them a chance to try out their equipment before they actually need their equipment against the real big bad, uh, or just to add more flavor so we'll have more for you next week, but you'll have to wait. Until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license, no commercial reproduction, and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. You can listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on DementiaRadio.org. Also, the Professor and I are each now on Twitch. For me, it's twitch.tv slash trav31369, Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern with campaign notes. 
The professor is at twitch.tv slash professorpixie. Please check her page for time and date.